Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Um, I'm Yuki. Uh, as usual, this is Ravenwood Manor. So, this week, this week, I decided that we will be covering Wendigos. Um, as a note for going through the whole thing, I am a very white person. I do not know how to pronounce things properly. And so there are a lot of terms that I may mispronounce and I apologize in advance. But as I said, I am very white and do not know how to pronounce certain words, especially from different cultures. Um, so, Wendigo are mythological creatures or evil spirits. They originate from the plains and Great Lakes native tribes. They are also mentioned in some First Nation peoples mythologies. They are based in and around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of Canada and the Great Plains region of the U.S. Um, they are grouped in modern ethnology as speakers of Algonquin family languages. Uh, Wendigo are said to be malevolent spirits. They are sometimes depicted as having human-like characteristics. Um, they are said to be able to possess humans. And they are allegedly able to invoke feelings of insatiable greed or hunger, cannibalism, and the propensity to commit murder. Uh, which is how I originally heard about Wendigo, was, I believe the story of Swift Runner and then I sort of started looking into it and then eventually 
I decided this would be the episode. But these entities or creatures or whatever really, really creep me out. And I, as a person who enjoys horror, movies, games, what have you, it takes a lot to creep me out. Um, so... In some depictions, it is described as a giant humanoid, like 10 feet tall, with a heart of ice. A foul stench or sudden unseasonable chill might precede its approach. Possibly um, and then when the Europeans came over, they heard these tales from the indigenous peoples and are like, hey, that kind of sounds like werewolves. Um, so a lot of Europeans relate it to, like, the mythology of werewolves. Um, film and game depictions often label humanoid hybrid creatures as Wendigo. So, like... In some movies or TV shows, they're like these weird humanoid things with like antlers or horns. Um, However, such animal features or characteristics are not part of the original indigenous tales. There is a form of psychosis related to the Wendigo called Wendigo psychosis. Wendigo psychosis is characterized by symptoms like an intense craving for human flesh and an intense fear of becoming a cannibal. It is described as a culture-bound syndrome. So they would find that indigenous people would end up having Wendigo psychosis, whereas it wasn't really a thing that they would see in all the Europeans who are coming over. 
In some tales from the First Nations peoples, it takes other symptoms. Uh, so, insatiable greed and destruction of the environment are also symptoms according to some First Nations peoples. There are many alternate translations. The English word is sourced from the Ojibwe word windigu. The Cree translation is Witikau. Um, again, I'm not trying to offend. I just am very bad at trying to figure out how to pronounce things. So, um, it is also transliterated as Wetico. Other translations include Windigo, Windigo, Windego, Windgoo, Windgo, Windago, Windiga, Wendago. Windagu, Widjigo, Widjigu, Widjigo, Widjigo, Widjigo. Wintigo, Wentigo, Wendigo, Wentico, Windigo, Witico, and Wincigo. A plural form is Windigog. Um, it can be spelled as Windigog, Windigog, or Windicook. I will maybe write all of the pronunciations in the show notes. So if you're curious, you can see and try and figure out how to pronounce them. Uh, that was my best guess. The Proto-Algonquin term has been reconstructed as 
Wintikoa, which may have meant owl. The Wachuga is a similar being. From Athabascan people of the Northwest Pacific Coast. Wachuga are also cannibalistic. Uh, they are characterized as enlightened with ancestral insights. Wendigo is part of a traditional belief system of a number of Algonquin-speaking peoples, including the Ojibwe, Salto, Cree, Naskapi, and Inu. Descriptions vary. The common description or view is that Wendigo are beloved cannibalistic supernatural beings. They are strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Um, Basil H. Johnston, an Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario, describes it as, quote, The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin. Its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into the sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were battered and bloody, unclean and suffering from separation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption, end quote. In Ojibwe, Eastern Cree, West Main Swampy Cree, Naskapi and Inu tales, they are described as giants, many times larger than humans. A feature which is absent from other cultures, tales. Uh, whenever they ate a person, it would grow in proportion to the size of the meal. So, if it ate, like, a big, strong, healthy person, or just a larger person, 
then it would be fuller for longer. Whereas if it ate a smaller, more thin person, it would not. It would get hungry sooner. However, Wendigo are never able to feel full. Uh, So they are described in a lot of tales as gluttonous. They just eat and eat and they still are look like they're on death's bed because they're starving. Um, Wendigo are seen as the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they are constantly searching for new victims. Wendigo can speak. They will oftentimes um, in some of the tales I first heard they will like mimic like people you know or like a child to try and lure you away from the rest of the village and get you by yourself. Um, and then they're supposed to be really good hunters. Um, there is a level of cognition that they display. Um, sometimes in certain cases, they clearly communicate with the victims or threaten and taunt them. A tale collected by Lottie Chicoqua Marston. Good Lord, if I can read. Um, The ethnographer of the Chippewas of Rama First Nation. In the tale, the Wendigo is also said to use tools. Um, It has an ability to survive partial dismemberment, auto and auto cannibalism. The tale reads, quote, One time long ago, a big windigo stole an Indian boy, but the boy was too thin. So the windigo didn't eat him up right away, but he traveled with the Indian boy, waiting till he'd get fat. Um... The Wendigo had a knife and he'd cut the boy on his hand to see if he was fat enough to eat. But 
The only problem was the boy didn't get fat. Um, they traveled too much. One day they came to a, a village and the Wendigo sent the boy into the village to get food and things for the boy to eat. Uh, he gave the boy so much time to go to the village and then come back. The boy told the people in the village that the Wendigo was near them and he showed them his hand where the Wendigo cut him to see, <laughs> excuse me, if he was fat enough to eat. Um, they eventually heard the Wendigo calling the boy. He said, hurry up. Don't tell lies to those Indians. And all of the villagers went to where the Wendigo was and cut off his legs. They left and then they came back to see if it was dead. It wasn't dead. It was eating the juice or the marrow from the inside of the bones of the legs that were cut off. So, auto-cannibalism. Um, the Indians asked the Wendigo if there was any fat on them. He said, you bet there is. I have eaten lots of Indians. No wonder they are fat. The Indians then killed him and cut him into pieces. The end of the giant Windigo. End quote. In some traditions, humans overpowered by greed could turn into Wendigos. Other sources state that people who resort to cannibalism to survive would also turn into Wendigos. Humans can turn into Wendigos by being in contact with one for too long. Among the Assiniboine the Cree and the Ojibwe, a ceremonial dance is performed in times of famine. It is satirical and is to reinforce the seriousness of the taboo. The ceremony is called the Windigu Kanshimoen. They wear masks and dance backwards around a drum. The last known ceremony conducted in the U.S. 
was at Lake Windigo of Star Island of Cass Lake within the Leech Lake Indian Reservation in northern Minnesota. And then this is one of the original stories I heard. Um, this is the story of Swift Runner, who was a trapper from Alberta. He was a member of the Cree tribe from the plains. Uh, during the winter of 1878, Swift Runner and his family were starving. So I guess they had had a really bad harvest that year and they decided that winter was going to be really rough. So the tribe sent various families off to like separate hunting cabins or whatever that they had for the family. And so they were, so Swift Runner was responsible for taking care of and like feeding his family. Um, his eldest son died. Keep in mind, they were 25 miles away from emergency food supplies at an HBC post, which I think was the Hudson Bay company or something. I'll have to look it up. Um, so Swift Runner ended up killing and butchering his wife and five remaining children. He did end up eating them. And then at the end of the winter, he returned to the village and he was telling them all about how the winter was super hard and all his family died. However, Swift Runner did not look like he just survived a harsh winter. He looked very healthy, very not suffering from starvation or anything. So the village got suspicious and so they made him take them back to the cabin where they found the bones of 
his family members. And then he was arrested. And eventually killed. Um, Considering that he resorted to cannibalism so close to food supplies and killed and ate the remains of everybody present, it was proven that His case was not cannibalism to survive, but Wendigo psychosis. Eventually, he confessed and was executed by authorities at Fort Saskatchewan. Another well-known case involving Wendigo psychosis was Jack Fiddler an OG Cree chief and medicine man. He was known for his prowess at defeating Wendigos. So he and his brother were known as like Wendigo hunters. Um, So uh, in most cases to solve the problem, they would end up having to kill the accused person. Um, Otherwise, they would try a healing ceremony ritual thing from a medicine man or shaman. Um, But either it didn't work or they were already considered too far gone um in 1907 fiddler and his brother joseph were arrested for murder by the canadian authorities and in some articles i found online it said that joseph was his son And not his brother. So I'm not entirely sure. But somehow. They were family. Um, Whether it be brothers or father son. Um, Jack committed suicide. But Joseph was tried and sentenced to life in prison. He was granted a pardon, but died three days later in jail before receiving news of the pardon. Um, pop culture appearances of the Wendigo. Um, a 1910 novella by Algernon Blackwood. The Thing That Walked on the Wind. And 
Ithaqua in 1933 and 1941 by August Derleth Stephen King's novel Pet Cemetery um they appeared in the Incredible Hulk comic book number 162, which was released in April 1973. And then they were featured again in the October 1974 issue. 1995 Solar Storms describes a Wendigo without actually using the term Wendigo. Um, the author is Linda K. Hogan, who is a Chickasaw author and poet. Um, other movies and TV shows, including... Dark Was the Night, Ravenous, Teen Wolf, Supernatural, Blood Ties, Charmed, Grim, Hannibal, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Hearth Swarming Eve, under the pun title Windigo, DuckTales Christmas Special, Last Christmas, The Retreat, um, video game appearances um, include Until Dawn, which was also one of the things that because I had heard about Windigos before, and then I played Until Dawn, and I'm like, wait a minute, isn't this the thing I had heard about before? So I started looking into it afterwards, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. So, that game is super creepy. Just a fair warning. It's fun, but it's creepy. Um, more books include Wrist, a 2016 novel by Nathan Nilgen Nudin Adler, the 2015 series Summoner by Taryn Matharu. Um, the 2018 RPG Fallout 76 and the 2018 FPS Dusk. So Fallout 76 is a role-playing game or RPG if you don't. If you aren't familiar with video game terms, FPS is a first-person shooter. Um, and then 
there is a 2021 film called Antlers by Scott Cooper. Um, that is all of the information. So, um, as usual, the links, so to the articles and like the Wikipedias and stuff, uh, will be in the show notes. So if you want to read up about it for yourself, uh, the links will be there. Um, I will probably put all of the different pronunciations in the show notes as well. So you can take a look at those too, if you like. Um, again comments, questions, concerns, what have you, uh, anything you generally want to send my way, um, you can do so via Twitter, which is at Lee underscore Tidwell, um, or email, which is Yuki Moonshine at Outlook.com. Again, both will be in the show notes as well. Um, I think that is everything. Um, so, yeah. Have a good day, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day it is, where you are. I hope it is good. Uh, and I shall see you next week. <laughs>